This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Danielle Wilson, Assistant Vice President of Virtual Health. Danielle, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Laura. Glad to be here. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. There's so much happening in healthcare. It's such an interesting time and, and a lot to think about. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell me just a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. So um, I work at Virtua Health, which is a healthcare system in southern New Jersey, outside of the Philadelphia area. And my background by training is IT, information technology. But uh, more recently, in the past five years or so, I've moved over into the operations space and uh, doing a little bit of operational analytics. I'm doing some project management office review, as well as um, starting up our digital transformation office. Got it. Fantastic. Well, it seems like, um, you know, it's such an interesting combination of um, things you're overseeing, but I can imagine it's pretty interconnected in terms of what the goals are and how you're thinking about moving forward. Absolutely. I mean, so many traditional IT shops have really subject matter expertise in technology, engineering, and designing systems from the lens of what's possible in the application. But what we're seeing is just an explosion of people on the other side of that technology, the users of it, such as the clinicians, the staff, and of course, the patient and their journey through their entire um, health care experience and all the touch points of that technology. And that's really where people who have a tendency to either um, come from an IT background or have a propensity to be engaged with technology um, really can help drive different types of adoptions and workflows and operations and and even clinical changes in the um, healthcare space. Absolutely. That that makes a lot of sense, you know, and it is really great and um, excited that we have all of that perspective there because I think, you know, looking at the technology background and then being able to apply that to, to the larger healthcare strategy it makes a lot of sense. So given that is your primary focus, what issues are you spending most of your time on today? I think everybody's in a different journey, right? Some people are just getting started now and some people have been at this for, you know, seven or eight years. But I think for Virtua, we, we definitely made a huge effort and change with our technology and the consumer experience over the last two years. And for those patients that are digitally engaged, they are early adopters or they're quick to adopt, they're on par with where we believe a patient experience should be. But if we went from 5% to 30% while we did make headway, we're now saying, okay, all this technology is in place. How do we help those that have slower adoption? Are there operational changes that need to occur now that we have this technology in place so we can create efficiencies, whether those efficiencies are um, clinician efficiencies, operational efficiencies, financial efficiencies, et cetera, or even optimizing the technology that was put in place a year ago or two years ago. And I really think that that's where most of the next six to 12 months is going to be focusing on. 
Got it. That's so interesting to hear. And when you look at what actually goes into creating those operational efficiencies and making sure that the technology is right and, and the people who are implementing the technology or using the technology are able to bring it into the workflows, what does that really take from your side of things? How can you make sure that you are have your team focused on the right things and everybody is uh, excited and happy to be integrating some of this technology into what they're doing on a daily basis? Yeah, um, it, it, it's not easy. Uh, there, there certainly is a governance model, and and I and I know that a lot of organizations struggle with that, but it it truly can be a guiding north to to get you through the trenches. Um, you're not gonna get everybody aboard, and sometimes you really do need to take a few pilot sites, even a, a segment of your consumers, and and try something different with them and, and show proof of concept and show that value and then really bring that to market afterwards. Um, that is a model we've used. Sometimes it's boots on the ground with the front desk or the clinicians teaching them how to do something differently. Um, and sometimes it's teaching the patient how to do something differently, whether it's the conversations that our access center navigators are having with them, our patient facing help desk, marketing information to them that is really helpful to nurture them along the way. I appreciate you laying that out for us because I know, like you said, it can be a struggle for some organizations, you know, to to really get everybody together and make sure that um, the technology that they're investing in and really counting on is used correctly and appropriately. Now, when you look at the next few years or so, how are you thinking about growth and investments? What is really important for you in order to have a, a thriving organization? Yeah, um, I, and I think that this question kind of piggybacks on the last one because when the more I think about it, you know, there's this way of doing things that a lot of organizations say, oh, we're going to do this project and then the project is over. And maybe there's a little bit of post-go-live stuff, but really we're starting to look at things like this is a product and this product right needs to be invested in over the long term right so we might be live with something but we need to continually nurture it ourselves and make sure that the product is still relevant and meets all the needs as well because when we turn something on um, like we said in the last question it might still need to be further developed to continue to bridge that gap. Um, but when we think about where are we going to continue investing and how do we grow over the next two years, I think a couple things are, have changed, um, especially in, in the healthcare industry. Shorter contracts and specialty products can be an investment area if, if they drive high adoption or, or they have an ROI that maybe your traditional EMR or your traditional system is not delivering value on. Um, of course, those traditional systems may eventually invest in that and really make something extremely robust, but right now they're not. So if we can get movement and momentum with a shorter contract, with a specialty product, that's really what we want to do because we can't wait for the entire experience for a patient to, to be fully vetted out by your traditional EMRs, right? We have to use what the EMR has and make a decision. Does this work for us? And we need nothing from the outside? Or do we need to really um, create 
you know, some, some ancillary systems that really provide a robust experience for the patient and other clinician. And, and we can then reevaluate it in 24 or 48 months as needed. Got it. That definitely makes sense. And I know a lot of organizations, you know, are having those same discussions within their uh, top level leadership or groups and whatnot and thinking about, you know, how do we smartly invest these dollars or really make sure that whatever we're putting into the EMR, you know, that in and of itself is a huge investment to purchase and maintain. And then um, in order to, to figure out what else you need. Uh, makes a lot of sense. Now, beyond the technology, do you feel like the teams that you have are really what's going to take you in the future? Or do you see your teams evolving in your role in how you're thinking about your day-to-day evolving as well? I think the teams we have are good. I I actually think we need more of, of these types of teams. I think that there's also a cultural change happening in healthcare. And I think some organizations have have already gone through the pains of that culture change and that mindset change and, and shifting to product management, operational efficiencies, and, and having the consumer and the clinician well-being front and center. But I think there's still work to do. I don't know if that's exactly answering the question that you asked. I, I, hope, it, I, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that really does get to the heart of it because in thinking about, as you mentioned, the somewhat of a paradigm shift almost in the past few years, it seems like from, you know, really just focus, focusing internally to then looking at the patient and the consumer and the family experience and really what it takes to um, achieve the right kind of outcomes and quality outcomes and what's possible now um, with the data and technology, it seems like it, it just changes everything. <laughs> I do think that and I've spoken with a lot of organizations across the country. I, I do think some organizations do try to strive for this perfection and they go so far down the rabbit hole to get the best experience for every single human interaction. And, and the reality is you have to pause at some point and, and realize, is this good enough? Did we did we bridge the gap? Because there's so many competing priorities. So if you can create a technology experience that at least makes it robust for 60 or 80% of your patient population, while we always want to continue to optimize it, there's so much heavy lifting and shifting right now that anything is better than where we were previously. So we, we, do, we do have to keep that in mind as we are continuing to optimize that patient experience through these digital tools in, in the healthcare environment. Because at the end of the day, while, while we are offering a service or a product, how much do we really want to invest in some of the other non-revenue generating space because we're investing in the lifetime of that patient, right? So there's work to be done because we need to fix things that are happening now and the patients that we have in-house that need care now. But we're also trying to say, where is the industry going to go with investing in health and well-being and mindfulness so that patients think of your organization in the future long-term lifetime value of that patient? I think that's the nebulous area of, of the digital world right now. 
Got it. That's a really great point. And I, I definitely appreciate in looking at where we're at now and, and making sure that, you know, you're spending your time and efforts and resources wisely um, to capture it as much as possible. Now, before we wrap up our discussion, I just have one more question for you. What are you most excited about? I think some of the things that drive me, you know, get me energized. I, I love connecting new items and new ideas as as the team and the organization transforms, we, we really are creating new models, new, new healthcare business models, as well as operational models that maybe were just pie in the sky or maybe not even thought of a long time ago, you know, um, especially with the ability to work remotely um, and, and the ability, the, 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 the digital clinical tools that are available for clinicians today are are just beyond impressive. Um, and the efficiencies from an operational standpoint can really flip the model of, of the traditional brick and mortar space on its head. Um, there's always going to be things that need on site, but we really could move in another direction, especially in some specialty areas. Um, I think there's other pieces besides um, that type of ambulatory footprint and, and where, you know, the market can go. Things like if we clean up um, the clinician's to-do list, right, and all the work that they do at the end of their, their day, what other pertinent information can we drive to them that would really make a difference in patient care, right? So if we do these efficiencies with the digital tools that are available to us today, what would the team think of that the clinician would really delight, be delighted by receiving instead of the noise that they receive today. I, I really get excited about, you know, where the future can be and what the ideas that are coming down the pipeline will really help make, make a different experience for patients, not just in their inquiry and consumer and consumption journey, but in their clinical journey with their, with their provider. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. This has been a really fantastic conversation, Danielle, and I hope we're able to connect with you again in the future. Thank you so much, Laura. It's been a pleasure.